0: So this just is an amazing gospel. And if you're really listening to the text, it was really utterly spectacular. Now I suppose if something like that happened today, probably what would happen is the disciples would have their cell phones out and they'd be trying to make sure that they could get it done so they could get it on Snapchat or Facebook or some other transmission, huh? But it wasn't just about a light show and special effects. It was about an experience of the presence of God. An experience of the presence of God. But I'm wondering about, and this is what I've been thinking about uh, since I started to look at the readings for this weekend, what if Peter had missed it? What if he was distracted? What if he was like you and I are a lot of times, spiritually attention deficit squirrel? You know? Most of us, many times are that way. Remember that old song, Stop and Smell the Roses? Well, we don't even know the roses are there, much less stopping and smelling them. Too much chaos going on. So they might have had their cell phones to capture the moment, but this is not about just a moment. The Freest of the Transfiguration was not just a light show, it was about an invitation. An invitation, so therefore, it's not just a one-time event over 2,000 years ago, but it's the same thing today. What is it? This is the invitation that's clear. The voice said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. So the question this morning for us is, how often do we really ever listen to God? really intentionally, deliberately listen to God. Now let's break it down like this. So there's 24 hours in a day and 168 hours in a week and 52 weeks a year, that's about 8,736 hours per year. How much of that do you spend listening to God? If you're here today, you at least accept the fact that God's supposed to be the most important thing in your life, but how often do you listen? Listening is tough. If you've raised a kid or are raising children, you know that. Um, Or if you've babysat kids, you know that because you know what it's like when they don't listen to you. So think about God in this bunch of flock that we are while we're not listening, while we're not paying attention. And not just spending some time telling God what we want God to do, that's not listening. I think it's important because we're listening all the time to a lot of things. Our culture is screaming at us all the time. So consciously or subconsciously, we're listening. There's stuff that's getting in. And I even wonder sometimes, at least I try to think about this myself, how often do we guard our hearts? Because there's some stuff we don't need to listen to. The world is a challenging place. And the gospel that you and I profess to believe in is very countercultural. So, for listening to God, what God's going to say is always going to be something that the world thinks we're crazy, and it might surprise us as well. All kinds of messages we hear television, radio, internet, reading, movies, all kinds of stuff, music. Does it get in the way? So, for all Christians, an easy way for us to listen is through prayer, huh? And remember that the letters to listen and the letters to silent are the same. So if we're doing this all the time, we're really not listening. But besides our personal daily prayer, one of the best ways that we listen is when we come to Mass and the scriptures are, are broken open for us, help us to understand them, and in the Eucharist. So it's a reminder that We don't come to church because God needs us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need Mass. We do. What do I mean by that? It's just that you've spent how many whole hours this week, and this is one. This is one. You've listened to all kinds of other stuff. 167 hours worth, to be exact. And now this is the 168th, which should be more important than all the rest. Because it's so important that we need to have a a check or a balance or a a guide for all the other things that we're hearing, that's why we have to be ruthless about coming to Mass. This isn't about the rules. It's not about, about honoring the Sabbath only, although for us it's a serious sin not to go to church. But it's that the church tells us that is because we need this because of all the other crap that's going on in our lives. We need this. And so, when I talk about listening, it's not, it's not to what we assume that God is saying. Well, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to listen to preachers who say they know exactly what God has in store for this particular situation. Really, how do you know that? I used to be a lot more sure and certain about things when I was ordained in 84 than I am now. My faith is a lot deeper but I'm not near as simplistic in my approach. So I've tried to listen to what God has to say. I don't wanna do it all the time. Nor is it about telling God what we want God to say. Something I read a couple weeks ago that said, um, be careful if you think that God hates the same people that you do. God doesn't hate anybody. So if you gotta burn your saddle about something or about somebody else, uh, then you need God. You need God because God doesn't hate that person or that situation. This is the other thing I think it's important for us to remember. This idea about the apostles going up on the mountain, this was not the first time that the apostles went up on the mountain with Jesus. Scriptures are full of examples that he went off in a place to pray and he took the, the disciples. And So I, I suppose that Peter, James, and John thought, okay, we're just kind of going on a little field trip again. We're gonna go up and Jesus is gonna pray and we're gonna try to stay awake. Kind of like the same thing that happens with some of us when it comes to Mass. It's the same old, same old. We're not going to really expect anything spectacular to happen. And what happened this time? They're on the mountaintop, and just like that, everything changed. Something miraculous happened. It was a religious experience. They experienced God's presence in a way like never before. If they hadn't been there, it wouldn't have happened. If they weren't paying attention, they would have missed it, just kind of like us. Beige, I think I'll paint the ceiling beige. And God's voice confirmed the only thing that they and we ever need to know and never need, ever need to follow. God says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, listen to him. Now, the disciples knew intellectually that Jesus was the son of God, but now they heard dad's voice. It's kind of like God the Father saying, that's my boy. It's like when your parents who may not have ever uh, complimented you much in public, when you're out someplace and somebody says, yeah, that's my daughter. She turned out pretty good. It's a confirmation, it's an affirmation of who they are. If we want to know the will of God, we need to listen. If we want guidance in our lives, we need to listen. If we want peace in a seemingly impossible situation that we can never do ourselves, we need to listen. To who? Jesus, my beloved son. Listen to him. That's why this second reading that we have today is a great for us to, way to close our reflection this morning. So Peter said this. We didn't follow cleverly designed myths when we made known to you the power of and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We weren't just following something that we saw in a network. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw it with our own eyes. And we heard it with our own ears. This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard his voice come from heaven while we were there with him on the mountain. Moreover, we possess the prophetic message that's altogether reliable. And so Peter's words then are his words to us today. You'll do well to be attentive to this, like a lamp shining in a dark place. Listen. And you know what happens when you listen to God? Just like Jesus, you get transformed. Listen.